Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. Happy New Year, everyone. This week on Friends, we have one of our last episodes recorded in 2021, and it's a good one. You haven't heard it yet. It's all new. Getting ready for the award season, are we? Well, the Critics' Choice Award, originally slated for January 9th, 2022, will be moved to a new date. Joyelle Johnson, our friend who's on this episode, her comedy special, Lovejoy on Peacock, has been nominated for the Critics' Choice Award for Best Comedy Special. Woo-hoo! Joyelle Nicole Johnson made her network TV debut on Late Night with Seth Meyers. She has written for the final season of Broad City and performed on Comedy Central's digital series Comics to Watch. Laugh tracks for True TV, as well as being a panelist for Refinery29, Facebook Watches, After After Party, and MTV News. She also combines her dream of comedy and activism by touring with The Daily Show creator Liz Winstead's Lady Parts Justice League. Check out her comedy special, just nominated for Critics' Choice Award for Best Comedy Special. It's called Lovejoy on Peacock. And welcome back, Leanne Lord. Leanne, veteran stand-up comedian who has appeared on HBO, Comedy Central, The View, and is a former co-host of the Emmy-nominated Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. She has performed for the troops in the Middle East and is a recipient of the AHA Humanist Arts Award. Leanne can be seen in her recent Dry Bar Comedy Special, I Mean Business, and... Showtime's even more funny women of a certain age. She's the author of several humor books, including Dick Jokes and Real Women Do It Standing Up, all available on Amazon. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us because of you. We make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function on the Friends Like Us for Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast. And our Twitter is friendslikeustin. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friendslikeus. Special shout out to our Patreon friends too. It's because of you we keep going. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies. Yes, it's hoodie season. So come on, get your hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. It's all available. Just go to Marina Franklin. And weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, and my wacky friend, Dave Juskow. To give updates to the show, we shout out fans who leave us reviews. And we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stopping by. And sometimes we even offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. I hope you are having a great new year washing those dirty little hands wear a mask still um because there's a variant out there that's spreading like wildfire get vaccinated booster up for 2022 and always black lives matter i'm so excited to have both of you here today i've been usually i've been doing this lately with just three people and i have to say it's it's better because it's more um Thanks intimate conversation. I feel like everyone gets heard. Sometimes I I'm navigating too much as a host and I, I try to get like, it's a party when there's four people and I like having four, but this way I get to focus on you. 
So we have Leanne Lord, who you guys should all know as an audience, <laughs> very fantastic Leanne Lord, who just finished doing another season of, is it called Women of a Certain Age? Did I get it right? The overall uh, brand is Funny Women of a Certain Age. And then my episode was called Even More Funny Women of a Certain Age. It's the third episode on Showtime. So congratulations, because that's necessary and it is important. And I'm so glad that they did that. And it looks it looks amazing. It was absolutely amazing, although I was curled up on my couch watching it like this through my fingers. Like, is this happening? Is this what is going on? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. especially after like a year of like, you know, What what is going to happen? Where are we performing? What's mm-hmm. what? Where are we showcasing? So I was really excited for you, and I just think that women get I don't like there's in the article that I have it says that um that's not up yet, but it <laughs> says that women as we get older we don't we have more material we don't have yes. less, and like streaming. Um, like I, I'm assuming they're talking about Netflix when they say streaming, but they didn't drop Netflix in there. They go to a certain age, like you know, they don't they exclude women of a certain age, which is really it's discriminatory. Mm-hmm. Ageism is real. It is very, very real, and it, I not saying it does not impact men. It it impacts women more. Yeah. Um. About I think when the placenta dries, uh, our career is done. who are we what what do we have to offer and it's absolutely insane because like you said as artists or as humans we don't get less material we get more we become more accomplished more experienced better at what we're doing and it just seems like the minute that that happens and this is across the board in any industry just about is when they ask you to go sit down somewhere and it's like uh what (laughs) I, I think one of the most satisfying things was I had somebody um, inbox me to say that they saw the show. She, she was a woman, 50 years old, and she said, I felt seen. Aww. Aww. Yeah, yeah. It's, that breaks my heart that women have to ask to be seen at any point in their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to me. It's like the funny line was that she said just getting anyone to admit they were 50 was hard part. Yeah, of- it was hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Because I was like, um, I, I thought the bar was 40. Hold up, sis. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's funny and not. <laughs> yeah, it says here that it hasn't stopped Hollywood and show business bookers from overlooking older performers or from comedy club and streaming platform bookers from bypassing comedians whom they don't think will appeal to their 18 to 34 demographic and it's like this isn't this the same excuse they gave to uh black performers well it's not gonna sell black black is not gonna sell but i have to be honest like i feel like every one of my generation of our generation land really like you know joyelle i'm not gonna put you in our even though you say you're always older but you never say so I'm not going to ask you because I'm I'm gonna be respectful of that. But you always never say, say. You never say. I always get a hint from the music that you like. I I am very vocal about the fact that I taped my special on my 40th birthday. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. yeah. All right, and I wanted to be vocal about that fact because we're not supposed to say we're 40. We're supposed to lie about our age. Like I know women who lie about their age, and from a young age, it's like. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends who I've heard them say different ages every time somebody asks. And I'm like, no, bitch, <laughs> I'm 40. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. They, yeah, they're like, don't don't put 1981 on your Twitter bio. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. I, I just I don't care. So I'm 40. Yay. I'm happy about yes. it. Yes. Wow. Which is very young still. Comparatively. Indeed. So. Indeed. Yeah. Very yeah. young. I mean, in my 40s, I think I, I, w- I have to say now that I'm in my 50s, right, that 40 to 45 was probably my best years. I really, really? liked it. I really liked it. So enjoy it. it. Oh, yeah, God, no. <laughs> you didn't like your 40s? 40 to f- 45? 40, no, ma'am. I did not. I, you know what? It, it, it had nothing to do with age. It's what's mm-hmm. happening in your life. So you can have a horrible time in your 20s and be balling in your 60s. I mean, it's it's what are the experiences that are happening in your life? Limiting yourself to certain, you know, decades or what or ages that you think are going to be good is is really very limiting. That's very true. Dis- sort of disrespectful to your human experience. That's a good mm-hmm. point. You know, yes. and 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 oddly enough, doing this show, I talked about age on the show. I don't like sharing my age because I feel like it gives people an opportunity to put me in whatever boxes in their mind. I'm right. an adult. How about that? How about I'm a seasoned woman? How about yeah. we just stop there? I'm old enough to vote. How about that? <laughs> what else, right? What else do you really need to know about me? What does my number tell you about who I am as a person, about my ethics, about my values, about my passions? Absolutely nothing does that number tell you. I just like saying the number because white people be like, you don't, you don't look like it. <laughs> That's why I like saying it. <laughs> Because none of us look, y'all don't look in your no. 50s. I no, I'm wearing 40s. racism well. That's our compensation. Yes. And I am starting to look a little, like I do see, and I'm okay with it. Like I'm no, starting ma'am. to, I'm starting to be, no, mm-hmm. you know, but I am starting to see like, for me, like I see like a line here on my forehead. You don't see it on the camera. A line? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what is that? One <laughs> thought, Marina? Come no. on. That, like, you don't see that gray hair? Look at that gray hair trying to get through. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, I have a couple grays. He's I'm like, loving hey. it. My grades are poking out of my fro. I'm here for it. But I also found like the pandemic, physically anyway, aged a lot of people. Oh Oh my God. I'm I'm watching people too. And I'm like, oh, it's really, you know, took a toll on a lot of people emotionally, physically. And it's just, as I've been touring, like Leanne and I were talking about this before you came on. Like I just have been taking a break. Like I, I go back in, I come out, I've been seeing family. I think it's the most important thing. Like everyone's rushing back to comedy and I was, I was starting to do it too, but I didn't feel right. Mm. I didn't feel good in my soul. Something's, something's off. And I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know. It's probably just me, but I, I just don't feel the same in these spaces anymore. And I don't feel like, I don't feel like just crunching my material also down to like 10 minutes and then being gone. And it's very difficult to do. I feel like really talking to people. And so like, I've just was dissatisfied. So, but I was like, also like I spent a whole almost two years not seeing family. I got to see them. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's what women of a certain, bringing it back to women of a certain age. I, I do feel like that's something that I think when I was younger, I, I took for granted, even though I don't think, like you said, Leanne, not everyone's the same. Like, don't put everyone in the box. But when I was younger, 
I don't think I really appreciated those times mm. of talking to family members and really, you know, seeing them, spending time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think of all the time that I was on the road, you know, all the their events that I missed, you know, f- friend gatherings I didn't go to. And as much as I have tried to balance it, I can't change that past. I can't make up for that time. There are folks who aren't here now who yes. ain't going to be here. Um, and how much do I want to run, keep ripping and running, you know, yeah. Who, yeah. to prove what to whom? You know, yeah. I, I as, as I said to Marina and Joya, this is before you got on, I am way more interested in having a life than I am in just having a work life. Absolutely. That is not as satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of why I moved to Atlanta. It's like my mom's down here. And, you know, as. Oh, as is that why I ain't older, seen you, girl? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I was wondering if you were still there because I still see you in New York, which is good, actually. You yeah, still I mean, it. I've been I've been coming back to New York a lot because work has just been calling, which has been fantastic. But the purpose of me moving down here was so I can be closer to my mother, closer to my godfather. Um, and I lost some very important people during this pandemic. And that just makes you realize, you know, what is important. And it's important to me that to, to be near my mommy. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm thankful, you know, that she's here. Aw, that is so wonderful that you and you call her mommy. She's my mommy. Yes. I love that. <laughs> like, I, I got a chance to see my aunt who is, you know, by marriage, but she's more fam. Like, you know, you know, marriage, it's like you meet some people who are just closer to you than the blood relatives. Yeah. And I went all the way out to Greensboro to meet her, even though I was visiting my mom at the same, but I went and had breakfast with her. And the, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen some, she looks so happy that I took the time out to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember my cousin calling her mommy too. She's like, mommy. And I was like, oh, that is so adorable. I was like, I, I remember there was a certain age where I told my mom, I'm calling your mom now. It's cooler. <laughs> my, <laughs> my mom told me that. She said, you, to- you, you said to me, from now on, it's mom. Wow. Okay. She Were you, you in your 20s? Uh-uh, I was seven. Oh. <laughs> I was seven. <laughs> oh, precocious Marina. <laughs> <laughs> But Leanne, so what else about the special just before we move on to Joyelle? Because Joyelle's got also, I mean, you both are doing amazing things coming out of this. Like I'm saying, like we're coming out of this. So what else about the special did you walk away with? Like, you know, I, I, I didn't realize until we were done that I was the only Xer. I was the only Gen Xer. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, and it, it, it. I don't know if you feel this way, but I, I feel like I, I do shows and somehow I'm the old head on the show. Like when, when did that happen? Like how am I the Harriet Tubman of comedy now? <laughs> Why, you know, like people are asking me for advice and I feel like I'm still grinding. Like I don't acknowledge what I've accomplished. So to be on a show with folks who have been in the game longer than me, <laughs> I was like, oh, can I just sit back and absorb? You know, and and then getting to work, finally work with Marsha Warfield. I was just because I had Uh, connected with her. This this is the upside of social media. I had connected with her years ago when I saw her on Facebook. I'm like, I'm such a fan of your work. And then she messaged me back. She's like, and I'm a fan of yours. I was like, what? I mean, I just I just wanted to fall out. 
like just dropped dead right then. You know, somebody that I saw on TV as a child when I didn't know black women did this and I didn't even know that I wanted to do it yet. You know, so to to grow up and then do this and then know that she likes my work and then to actually work together with her. I told her, I said, listen, this is going to be weird at some point. You might need to get a restraining order, but just (laughs) I'm the same way with her. Just be ready. (laughs) She's so underrated, I think. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And to hear that she came out. At 60. Yeah, no. Oh, and I love her relationship. Her and her, her boo are so cute. They're so cute. I love it. I just want all the love for them. She was a happy birthday to me on Facebook, and my mother got so excited. She was like, do you know who Marsha Warfield is? I was like, calm down. Of course I know who Marsha Warfield is. Once again, people forgetting my age. I'm like, mom, you gave birth to me. <laughs> like, I know who Marsha Warfield is. And that just something little, the beauty of social media, like yeah. Marsha Warfield wish me happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. she was, she, you know, that's the thing when she contacted me on Facebook, I realized now that we're all talking, she's made a point to reach out to us, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really cool. I yeah. mean, to have someone like her take the time out to get to know the little sisters that are doing comedy for her. Right. You know what I mean? It's and like this. There's somebody in the world that still thinks I'm a little sister. What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I gotta say, I love that. Yeah, I, I love that. that. But I, I, you know, with my biggest, my biggest takeaway. I mean, Carol and I have been friends for years, but the fact that these are strong, funny, stands in their power, take no prisoners, you know, take no bullshit women that. You wonder, like, why the industry isn't recognizing and doing more. But in lieu of that, we're doing it. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, and to know that that message. Showtime, right? Kudos Mm -hmm. to Showtime. Kudos to Carol for developing this. Uh, But you can't unsee this. And this isn't just for women of a certain age. It's for all women. Because I, when I come off stage and I got, you know, little millennials or whatever's under millennials, the, the Gen Zers coming up to me, talking to me, because now I'm like I'm at the auntie comic and they dig it. I'm like, OK. And it's letting them know their lives don't stop at 29. Right. Yeah, because it is funny. Like you said, being the older woman in the room and I have been. <sighs> Yeah, a lot, yeah, you know, yeah. even on my own podcast, a lot of times people <laughs> don't know. And I'm sitting there and they're talking to me and I'm like, oh, well, I'll let it go. It's a lot. of There's a lot of silence that happens when you reach a certain age because you just want to um, not be condescending mm-hmm. and overly, which I tend to apparently my younger sisters have told me. So I try not to. <laughs> No, they'll they get on me all the time. They're like, here she is. So I, you know, it's a lot of silence that happens where you're just like, I got to let them grow, mm-hmm. develop, mm-hmm. you know, figure it out. And then also, you know, not overstepping what I already know. Who is hard. It's very hard. Um, a lot of times I'll say my age when I'm angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I oh, dare you. <laughs> Not that anybody in Walmart wanted to hear that, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got into it with the vet one time. I was like, you know how old I am? And this is when I was actually 45. (laughs) See, I've been been saying that since about 15. So, because I was a little old soul. (laughs) I missed a train stop the other day uh, on Amtrak. 
going to Rhode Island. And I was telling the guy, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I missed the train stop. And he, I sat down and he was talking to the other conductors. He was like, yeah, this kid, this kid, she missed her train stop. And I was like, kid, and I, I did have on a backpack. So I was like, okay. And so I was about to get off and he was like, come on, this is your stop. And he, he made a reference to Atari. And I was like, oh yeah, I had an Atari. He was like, you didn't have an Atari. I was like, sir, I am 40 years old. And he was ah. like, oh, <laughs> he thought I was an actual like 21 year old or something. Mm-hmm. So I, that was a fun moment. That it, you are so young. Cause I, I do remember yeah. when we were driving up to, I forget what college that was when we went together and you were playing music. And I was like, Joelle, how old are you? Yeah. The hell? <laughs> the hell? You're just recognizing all these old ass songs that I love. Uh, or you were playing them actually, which was really cool. So, so um, congratulations, Leanne, on everything. Have you been doing a lot of interviews? Have they been doing like the press and all that? Um, not so much. I mean, it, it's more the response that we're getting from, in my opinion, from regular people. More people mm-hmm. interview Carol and whatnot. But a lot of people have been having me come on their podcast to talk about the show. I mean, you know how it is. You'll do something and people go, oh, yeah, Leanne. <laughs> I'm glad to see it. I'm glad yeah. to see it. Congratulations. It's, it's been a an interesting year, you know, loves and losses and whatnot. I mean, it started with Dry Bar, now it's wrapping up with Showtime this year. So, you know, thankfully the pandemic didn't retire me, which is what I thought when it first happened. I was on my couch like, what do I do now? Are they hiring at the post office? Is that still a thing? Like Amazon? Should I should I get a job? That's a, that's one of our articles, actually. But, I, you know, as you were talking, there is a question I'm going to ask. It's kind of deep. But you did post it on your Instagram about what it was like to have this happen and not have the same people to say it to. Because that hit me really deep. Everything you post hits me deeply. Like, everything <laughs> you post hits me, and I'm, like, crying immediately. I'm but um, it really stuck with me because I remember that feeling. You know, when I lost my sister and my father and they're, you know, you like you're in this business for a while and you, you're doing it also so that you can make your family happy and proud and come and see it. And how do you, how, how did you, how did you resolve that within yourself or what did you come to terms with, with that? <sighs> I'm, I'm still coming to terms. In, in, in a sense, I mean, my, I lost my dad in 2019 and that was just, that was my dude. You know, nobody supported my career more than he did. You know, my mom right behind him and I lost her in April. It's still fresh, you know? And so they, you know, I know a lot of people don't get on with their parents, but I not only loved them, I liked them. You know, we hung out. You know, they were my, I would refer to them as my older, cooler friends with money, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, I love to me, relationship to me is that person you call when something bad happens and you need to talk it out or when something good happens and you want to share. And they were still my people for that. I mean, they hadn't been for a long time because of their, their medical decline, but something on this level yeah, I would have wanted to call and go, daddy, guess what? You know, and I didn't, I didn't get to do that with him. But uh, part of rebuilding your life is going, okay, who do I do that with now? Because there are people, and I, I didn't understand this before, there are people who are ready and willing to step in 
and be there. And you have to be able to open your eyes and see, open your eyes and ask and accept. And so that I guess that's the coming to terms part, that there are people that are willing to be on the other end of that phone or the other end of that text when, I, when I've got something like this to share. And it's not just social media, but people who really, you know, uh, smile when I soar. Well, I was smiling and I was really happy. So, and I knew I was like, oh my God, I, you know, I, I know her parents would be so happy to see yeah. this though. It was for me, it was like, you know, there's not all the time am I like that, but I was like so happy when I saw you up there and, and smiling and shining. So, congr- you know, congratulations. And I think it's also that thing of, you know, we're still telling stories no matter yeah. what. We'll be telling our stories until you know, I, I forgot that part, you know, sometimes you go, oh, it's not for just the gratification of a reward or, but it's also because you want the stories to still continue to be out there for people to hear. And I think what's also what I'm learning is like when, when you have a loss, you don't think you'll be happy again or that you'll smile again or that you'll, you'll have those things. And that's the immediate grief. But knowing that I am still putting one foot in front of the other and existing in the world and having amazing experiences. And that's okay. You know, yes. that, that's, that's, Aww. that's the rebuilding that I get, I get to smile and it's a real smile. I feel like we should be doing the finger snaps. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing that lately where they go, yeah, no, no, no. Cause your editor's not going to like that. <laughs> I know. I know. They don't like them. when they're editing. <laughs> You're right. Jay's like, don't do it. Don't do it. So wonderful. And now, oh God, it's just, every, I don't know why I'm always like in tears when you're on, but this is why I'm not so on sweet. often. Cause like, oh, I'm jumping <laughs> in. I got to go buy some tissues. This girl go ahead me in my feelings. It's really beautiful though, Leanne. I'm so happy really. Um, and so Joyelle on top of all, like the cherry on the top, not yes. even just cherry, like another cake on another cake. Mm-hmm. So Joyelle special. Which, Joyelle, tell me about the special for um, Peacock was mm-hmm. nominated. Now, I don't have my notes, so I'm winging this. Here we go. Yes. Nominated for a Critics' Choice Awards. Hell yeah. Which Hell is yeah. like fucking amazing. Because I was just like, I, I remember I sent you the screenshot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, girl. Like, this what? is, I mean, you know, and I'm, you know how many people were shooting specials. Yeah. Yeah. I- Secretly, I was like, yes, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad she's in there. I'm so glad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Only black female in the category. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is amazing. And um, Buteau won last year. She split the win with Seinfeld. And she said she was the first women, woman to win it. <laughs> like, and had to split it. But she's like, what? Last year? First woman? That's why are we still with the first? Why are we still here? You're still with the first. So, but Joyelle, yeah. you were working. I remember we did like a little um, segment for the record, the album, right? Yes. The little yes. pajama party. Was it? Yes. Or t- table talk. Yes. And it was yes. during the pandemic. We had to do it on Zoom. We absolutely did. And then when you recorded it and you had to go live, what was that like? Because that was like everything was open by then, right? Yeah, yeah, it was September 12th that we uh, recorded it. So, you know, all the vaccines were out. We were able to have everyone be vaccinated and also tested at the venue, which I needed to make sure 
I was responsible in, you know, gathering a crowd together. So that was very important to me. But there was also still a level of awkwardness there because I, I don't know that comedy is fully back. You know, everybody doesn't really know how to behave in the situation, especially up north. I'm down here living in Georgia. Georgia, they act like nothing happened. <laughs> ain't nothing happened. Ain't nothing happening. North Carolina a little bit, too. Oh, absolutely. And so the difference up north is just people are a little more nervous, a little more apprehensive about gathering. So I just wanted to make it as comfortable for everyone as possible. So I was very happy that I was able to do that responsibly. That's so much work to put on, on top of actually doing the hour. Yes. And um, and this was your first, like you didn't even do a 10 minutes uh, like commies. This is like, you went straight to the hour. Good right. for you. Straight to the hour, Band-Aid off. I mean, after just late night sets, I was able to do um, those late night sets. But yeah, it's my first time doing a special, an hour. Yeah, I was super nervous about it. Um. <laughs> now, I haven't seen it because I don't have Peacock. And I was thinking about getting it just so that I can. How can, is there a way for someone to see it? Is Do you have to log on for like try out Peacock and then? Yeah, and I, I actually think my special is available for free. So you don't have to pay for Peacock to oh. watch it. Okay. Oh, you don't? Yeah, yeah. You can just oh, get the app. Okay. Yeah. This is what I think as of today. <laughs> I don't know if that has changed. Oh, you got to put that out there because yeah. I didn't. I, I kept thinking I had to pay for Peacock. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You don't have to pay for Peacock. You, yeah. I, I, I didn't when when it first came out on November the fifth. You didn't have to pay at that point. I was told. Well, I yes. wouldn't be surprised. I'm excited because I remember when you did your late night spot, Keith and I. You know how Keith can be kind of judgmental, but we both yeah. were like, he goes, she was so comfortable. It annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's him to a T, girl. <laughs> yes, it's my Because you were very much you, which is so hard to do on those late night sets, is to kind of be true to who you are up there. And you were like, 100% Joyo. I appreciate that. And it's one of my goals in life to annoy Keith Robinson. So it's... <laughs> Bucket list. Yes. yes. <laughs> I can just keep doing that. Like he reluctantly texts me like, oh, I guess you were good. And I was like, yes, I bet I annoyed you, didn't I? <laughs> That's good to know. Thank you, Marina. <laughs> so tell us what it felt like to find out what happened. How'd you hear about the Critics' Choice Awards? Tell us everything. Yes, um, it was last Monday. I was my mother was having this Christmas brunch uh, that she usually has <laughs> around Christmas time, but I'm not going to be in town. I'm going to be in Mexico, and a couple of other cousins are are going to be gone. So she wanted to have it early, and I was just frying spring rolls <laughs> for the brunch. And my phone just started, you know, like flashing. And I'm looking at the phone like, what's going on? And then I saw a text message from my manager. And then I saw her call. So, you know, when like, it's like the text and then the call, you're like, all right, I got to answer this call. So I'm literally like, my hand is about to burn from this grease popping. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, when somebody calls you too much, you're like, who's dead? Like, what's happening right now? Right. Yes. Yeah. And I got PTSD. So... <laughs> I was like, what's wrong? And she was like, did you check your email? I was like, no, I didn't check my email. And she was like, you were nominated for a Critics' Choice Award. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what are you talking <laughs> you about? What? That was what we doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? She was like, what do you mean? What does it mean? I was like, is this a who's on first conversation? I don't know what's going on. And I didn't, I didn't realize what it meant. Because for me, I was like, who, 
who was thinking you're going to get nominated for an award for, I just was so proud to have, you know, an hour out. And yeah, so my publicist, there was an email from the publicist and then like the head of my management company who I've never spoken to messaged me. (laughs) He emailed me. Didn't even introduce himself, which was hilarious. Like, that's some boss shit where you're just Telling. like, congratulations, Joelle. And I had to Google. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl, you, so good funny. thing you didn't delete that email. Who this? Trash. Right. <laughs> New phone, who this? <laughs> um, the heads of NBC um, messaged me. And it was just like a lot of people being like, congratulations. So that was uh, super just um, shocking to me to be like, oh, this this is a big deal. And then I, I looked, I looked and Googled like the red carpet. And I was like, oh, people actually go to this. Oh, this is the Critics' Choice Awards. This is what starts award season. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, cool. And uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was coming to terms, like we say, coming to terms with it and just being like, okay, we tell ourselves not to listen to the critics. And I was like, unless the critics like you. <laughs> That's yes, my caveat. Yes, that's the best critics uh, of the critics is the award critics. Yes. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, because it's the people's choice and that's cool. But these are the critics. These are the people that everybody, you know, gets sensitive about. So and I am the most sensitive person on the planet. So this just really makes me feel amazing. That's really that's did you now did you go to the ceremony or? It's January 9th. Oh, oh, you have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. still have. Are you getting ready? Or is someone going to dress you? I'm trying to figure that out now because we we don't even know if Peacock's going to buy a table yet, but I don't know why they, they wouldn't. Better. Because, yeah, this is their first time being nominated. They got eight nominations. So this it's is like, big for them. This is huge. This, is like, this puts them kind of like, because, you know, Peacock is one of those networks where you go like, okay, Netflix, um, Disney. Uh, Hulu and now Peacock, you're you're part of their come up. Yeah, 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 and the NBC family as well. So it's like NBC got a bunch of nominations, and Peacock. This is their first time I'm nominated with Joe Firestone in the Whoa. category. Oh, I um, love Joe. Yeah, and we're we're the only females in the category, so it just feels really good to get nominated with your friend. She's one of my besties, and I'm just really I'm proud of the moment. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out now, like. What, what am I going to wear? What's going to happen? I'm, you know, obviously going to be so goofy, excited. So even if we don't, they don't buy the table, I will fly out and walk the red carpet. <laughs> just, just be well, out give there us like, a little, hey. a little taste of what the special is. Cause I know you talk about some very heavy yes. subjects that you are, which is very topical right now and important. So absolutely. I mean, I, racism and abortion because it's like my my perspective as a black female is going to entail those two things and I that is actually why I'm very proud to be nominated because of the fact that I tell my abortion story in this in this special you know and it's so prevalent right now it's exhausting that they're actually going to try to reverse Roe uh it's heartbreaking so I think it's just great that the critics are acknowledging that um, it's important. It's so important to women. Yeah. It makes me cry. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think every woman needs to hear. It's like, it's so hard to tell that story. 
You know, I mean, like I said, when you women have so many moments where we just we we don't talk, we don't we're we're, we're so hidden. There's so many things that we don't, you know, they take away our voice and then we take away our own voice sometimes. And that's what I think is so powerful about the fact that you focus on that in your special. Yeah. um, The first time I heard you doing it on stage, by the way, I was at the Village Underground. I was about to go into the bathroom. You know how you use the bathroom? Yeah. It's a good bathroom. It's a good bathroom. <laughs> it's a good bathroom. And I came out, I said, it's, excuse me, is Joelle talking about, did she just say abortion? Is she talking about her abortion story? And then I hear the audience laugh and I said, oh my God, go good for her. I was like, this is the material. See, this I feel bad I haven't not. heard this now. Yeah, no, I, it's, I mean, it's just like, to be able to make it funny, because when I was a kid, I, I'm 15. My mother has HBO. I'm watching George Carlin. And he started his special by saying, have you ever noticed that the people who are against abortion are the people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? <laughs> and he opened a special like that. And I just remember being a teenager like, whoa, if I can do something like that. Yes. You know, because it, it changed my life to... To watch that, to be like, I can make people laugh, but also think. Yes. And also kind of change a narrative and be responsible with my words. Who would have thought about that, being responsible <laughs> with the words you put out into the universe? Um, yeah, so peace up to George Carlin <laughs> for inspiring me. I, I consider myself a George Carlin school comic as well, that you can enlighten and entertain. That's yes. been my, for me, my entire career. That my yeah. goal, if I can, we can, if I can do that, then I've done it right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I've had an abortion. My mother's had an abortion. My boyfriend had an abortion with his girlfriend. His mother had an abortion. So, so many women have had this experience. So I want to talk about it so they don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. It's like saying your age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was like, happy birthday to me. I'm 40. I've had an abortion. Racism sucks is pretty much the crux of the special. I don't think I, you know, and I, I can't remember any women that I know of. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure that's been done, but I don't know any female comics that talk about abortion on stage. Yeah. Uh, Liz Winstead, uh, absolutely, because uh, I started telling that story, working with the Abortion Access Front, which used to be uh, called Lady Parts Justice. Mm-hmm. And my first time telling the story on stage was working with them. And I cried. I cried on stage the first time I did it. I made people laugh, but I still cried. And and I've been able to do it, you know, re- on repeat since then. And so to come this far from it, I'm never even thinking I would do that. What's funny about that? What? I can make people laugh. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And now more people will see your special because of this award, which is really great that they did that, you know? So um, if you're listening to Friends Like Us, you heard it here. You can check out Joyelle's special. You don't have to subscribe, although you should get Peacock, but you don't. You can see it. You can see it. So check it out if you have the. We all have smart TVs now. So stop your bullshit. Yes. And I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna watch it now. Now that I yeah. know that too, because that's an important fact. I think people need to know that. Um, yes. And I just always love Joyelle because Joyelle's emotions are right here. Like, <laughs> oh, like I remember, we have been through a lot, Joyelle, together. 
I remember taking you. Remember we went to that dance place. They didn't let us in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, I remember taking you. I said, you're so talented. Do not stop. You, you know, you, you've, it hasn't been an easy road for you. No, no one's handing you anything. No, 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 no. You know, but some people it has been, you know, and so it's really good to see you in this place right now. Mm -hmm. Tears for a different reason. Yes. Tears for happy tears. And I feel like talented from day one because I I like the workers, the worker bees, I call them in comedy. You know, there's some folks show up and want it easy. They've been doing comedy for five minutes and want to know how they can get famous. You know, and I'm like, well, you let when you find out, you let me know, you know, (laughs) (laughs) how how do I get paid? Mm, Can't help you. Um, But you are have to my eye always been out here, you know, putting in the work, putting in the time, being very genuine, you know, being nice and funny, you know, so I'm I cannot tell you how delighted I am to see this for you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. And more. And and, and listen, okay, you were nominated for this, but I feel like when one gets in somewhere, we all in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Michelle Buteau, year before, Mm -hmm. uh, Michelle and Fortune Feimster. I was was just doing Atlanta with Fortune Feimster this past weekend. And she was like, Joyelle, I got nominated last year. And I was like, what? I'm following in your footsteps. Because I absolutely love her, um, and she is a beacon. She's so sweet. I mean, all of the the country LGBTQs were at her show, and you could just see them feeling seen by watching her on stage and how empowering she is to that community. So it's like we are we're able to empower people with just our existence on stage. You know, our our being, we're empowering, um, and that means a lot. And one of the things that really, because from what you said, Leanne, that matters so much to me was that I didn't know this, but I did um, tonight show in May. I had to go by myself because it was still, you know, we're still coming out of quarantine. So I was there by myself. I met Jimmy and we just had an interaction for less than five minutes. You know, I didn't get to talk to him afterwards. And then from there, my, my manager was like, he wants to produce your special. And I was like, what? I only talked to him for a couple of minutes. But then I found out that he, he told his right-hand person that I was kind. And that was uh, part of why he was just like, I like her because she seems genuine and kind. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that means a lot to me. <laughs> that's so wow. rare. It's so yeah, rare. I was about to say. I, I, I feel like people get punished for kindness sometimes. Yes. Yeah, 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 especially in our industry. It seems like yes, you gotta especially. be a sociopath to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it's <laughs> I just thought about all the sociopaths that I wanted to but yes. And who are thriving, thriving sociopaths. Thrive. That's oh, why I'm sorry. like always shocked when these stories come out about Oh, this person is mean, and every the only people who are shocked are the audiences. Yep, right. Everyone else knows how horrible that person can be. Mm-hmm. We all were like, there are certain people who were like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, a bit crazy. It, a lot of that was rewarded. So 
Yeah. I know. Still is. Still is currently Some being Some stuff rewarded. has not changed and has gotten, in my opinion, even worse. How do I walk by major clubs in the city and your lineup is still all men? Still Do you tell me no women put in the veils? No, not one. Not nobody. Okay. Yeah. And I'm proud to be able to say there are certain clubs I don't go to now. And I'm like, nope, I don't work that club because they never worked me. And now that I have something, ooh, Joelle, what's your avails? No, ma'am. <laughs> I won't be putting those in there. And I can say no now, which is probably the best ooh, feeling. <laughs> isn't that wonderful? Ooh, it's so good. Going back to that taking time out, not going to certain clubs, like making choices. Like I'm finding that with everyone now, especially with the young generation, is they're putting on demands. Like, for example, this weekend, in North Carolina visiting my mom and her boss who never calls her kind of like the same situation. Like you were saying, Joyelle, someone who never calls is the head of the company calls her on a Saturday while she was excited about it. My sister and I was like, that's out of line. It's a Saturday. Yes. And she was mm-hmm. like, yeah, but they need me. I go, yeah. Boundaries though. Um, it's a Saturday. And you know, it's funny because this young generation, they will definitely say that the yeah. like, m- like the generation Z or Z's and m- yeah. more generation Z's. They'll definitely say, no, no, no. I need vacation time <laughs> when they get hired. They'll go, I need vacation time. Yes. Oh my God. I remember when I was working, teaching at this school and we had just started, I think we were about three months in. And one of the white boys I did orientation with was like, I think about asking for a raise. And I was like, a raise? we've only been working for three months. And and I was like, that thought would have never occurred to me, but he was a younger and also white man. But I was like, damn, we could ask for that. I didn't even know that. So you're going to work a long time. Here's how to build in breaks. Now this is more for like retirement, obviously, but 50 years or more long careers are the norm. But the coronavirus pandemic seemed to teach many that, a long time without interruption and that choosing to step out of the working world for a while can be rather pleasant, even preferable. But it also raised a new challenge. How do you create a financial foundation for a new kind of career longevity, one in which work may start and stop and start again, perhaps several times? In an ideal world, you have savings that you can use without any restrictions or tax implications or some kind of passive income such as from a rental property. But if you don't reside in a world of such privilege, there are workarounds. For instance, some people can draw on their 401k or so funny in comedy. We don't have those. So like, what do we do? That was like, they sound like they're just describing comedians taking long breaks in between. (laughs) Right. Like, I mean, did did they mean Sunday? Right. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) Sunday is usually the break. Right. But like I I was telling Leanne, I took and I was telling you, like at the beginning of this, going home, seeing family was really important to me in order to be able to be whole at work again or to talk on stage. Mm -hmm. I can't really. I'm having a hot. Can you see my hot flash? Look at that hot flash. Oh, no. this one's intense. Look at that. Oh, I see. You look a little dewy. <laughs> I get these now. I get these often. Like three. It, it depends if I have a lot. I had a lot of sugar this weekend. Sorry. Are you apologizing to us? I know. <laughs> it, it's just so. It's like 
I'm thinking about the break too. I'm thinking about how I want to go back to it. You know, the the lifestyle, I will say, North Carolina, I was a little tempted. I don't like their politics, so I don't know if I could move there, but my mom is there. And yeah. I will say the people are very friendly. And there are a lot of black people in North Carolina, which is confusing to me. Which city? I was in Salisbury, uh, Greensboro, Charlotte. I went through. But I'm hearing Raleigh is pretty cool. Yeah, that's where my plantation, um, my family's plantation was in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. And when I went to our family reunion through our slave master's descendants, found out at the end of slavery, uh, North Carolina was 80% black and 20% white. Like they had outnumbered themselves. Which is weird how they voted for Trump. Yeah, and and had the highest population of free black people before slavery was over. Like there were a lot of free black people living in North Carolina at at the end of the 1800s before they said that we were free. That was very surprising to me. Very yeah, that's it must be some major gerrymandering going on in in North Carolina that I like major and Georgia and everywhere else in Texas and yeah yeah, I don't yeah I don't I don't want to stay here in New York America America I mean if I'm going to be anywhere New York you know um but I'm I may not want to stay here I don't I don't think America is a safe space same absolute same like because I was like they're they're going to reverse row that was my my benchmark I was like they reverse row I'm looking at Toronto (laughs) I'm looking at Amsterdam I'm looking at other places. I will Josephine Baker this bitch and go to Paris. Thank you. Going to Paris in February. So they're not that friendly to us there. They're not that friendly Africans. Uh, I don't know. Mm. I've heard they're not that friendly. It's complicated. It's complicated. I mean, I don't I don't know where I go. You know, is does Mars still need women? I don't know. But America ain't it. That's what I tell you. America. I've been sighing. I, I listen. I, I, we've been on thin ice for a while, but 2016 was like my mm, okay. That's how y'all do. Okay, I see. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. I mean, but even to double down the 2020 of more y'all voted for him. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's why I came down here. Got me a gun. Anyway, <laughs> you know what? Speaking of guns in North Carolina, I know they're there. My mother's husband get in the car. He was taking me to go, go get some ribs and I'm vegan. That's another story. But in the back seat was a gun. And I go, in the back seat? Yeah. And I go, is that, what's that? Is that a gun? He goes, yep. I go, well, can you point it towards, away from my, it's kind of angled towards the passenger seat right now. Let's, let's just angle it a little. They're so cat. That's the only, that's the other thing. It's like these places with guns, I've got to consider, mm-hmm. you know, um, which brings us to another article. I mean, we really didn't talk about that article because that, that, that other article, I don't really understand finances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. as I was going into it, and it's funny because I asked some of you interns didn't write your blurbs, but then I realized I don't really understand 401ks. I mean, I, yeah. I sort of do, but I sort of don't. But I mean, I'm in a, I work in the entertainment industry. It's, it's it, hard. I, it, when you freelance, when you're self-employed, when you're, you know, the, our guidelines or our rules or, or what we hope for ourselves is a little different. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I know the good supermarket in my area so I can pick out my shopping cart, you know, and just be the funny homeless lady at some point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Yeah. But I do know, I think as comedians, we should start thinking about these things. I, I find like we're always putting money together for everyone's funerals, you know, mm-hmm. or, or the GoFundMes. And I think that we've unionized in a way to increase our salary, you know, for certain clubs, comedy clubs, at least in New York City, right? But there should be some co- type of conversation amongst comedians about how are you preparing for your future? Yeah. I, I have life insurance. I have that. <laughs> that's because that's of, a, that's of a cousin, a cousin who did a gun, a GoFundMe when he passed away. And then we were like, me and my other two cousins were immediately got life insurance because I said there will be no GoFundMe when, if and when that happens for me. Yeah, you're because a lot of people don't think they're going to pass. And so they put a lot of that on their families. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially for comedians, I think it's one of those things where you're right, Leanne. It's like, you know, where I started as a comic, I would never have thought about planning. No, Mm -hmm. no. But then the pandemic hit, and I'm sure a lot of young comics must be thinking, I've got to have a safety net now. I can't just run around just doing, sp- and then putting themselves at risk during COVID because they mm-hmm. need to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because say the people who were putting themselves at risk who didn't need the money, those are the ones that were getting on my damn nerves. Oh, but. they were getting mm-hmm. on my damn nerves too. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I, I, I feel like I spent my entire career running around, you know, doing comedy and then the pandemic hit and I had to stay home. And now I'm like, oh, I can stay home and do comedy. You want me to go out? Right. (laughs) Make it worth my while. I'm not mad at this box. I'm really not. I'm not. But I I do wish we had, for those of us who have made this a career, what's in place, truly, not just spot pay, but what is that life planning? You know, there are other unions that do that, Yeah. you know, and then we don't we don't have that. We're sort of kind of at our own, you know, on our own Mm -hmm. in that sense. Although I will say um, there's a wonderful organization called the Actors Fund. Oh, that's right. Yes. And they really, really do have absolutely wonderful resources for people who are at many points in entertainment, many industries within entertainment, even though it's called the Actors Fund, that you can avail yourself of to learn financial planning for when you don't have a traditional income. You don't have a traditional lifestyle. They get it. Okay. You know? So, I mean, I, I, I advocate, I mention them all the time because they were very helpful when I said, you know what? I really need to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, like, what is happening here? You know? So, yeah, I, 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 I still have a ways to go, mm-hmm. I feel, on that. But, you know, knock wood debt free. You know? That's great. I'm that's very the first proud of that. Step. Come on. That's, <laughs> I'm like, where's the applause? Yes. The, need an yes. applause button. Debt free. Like putting that in your, in your, um, your, I, your hinge profile doesn't bring in the fellas the way you think it would. <laughs> uh, they said you judging me. I was me, like, debt free homeowner. What's sexier? Crickets. <laughs> no, what's sexier? Comedian, debt free homeowner, female. I'm sure that's just bringing the men. Oh yeah, yeah. They love a woman that talks for a living. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my God. Forget it. You're absolutely right. But I, I will say like. I have found like my more um, single life 
has has like I care more about my finances. Not attractive to a lot of yeah. You're absolutely right. Not really. They want to save hoes. They want to be Captain Save well, a Ho. They do want to. What's that? Who did that song? You can't save them. Oh, forget it, forget it. I'm, I'm not the pop culture girl. I'm sure I don't know what's now. going on. I am, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my J. Cole. I think it's J. Cole. Oh, no, that's um, not in my jurisdiction. No, that's above my pay grade as well. But I, I do find a lot of successful black women who have it together single. I don't know what that is. It's like mm-hmm. insanity. I guess it brings out the insecurity in some of these men, maybe. Absolutely. Well, I want to be fair because I think, okay, successful, you know, working, it puts you in a certain mindset that you know yourself and you know what you want and you might be a little less willing to accept certain behaviors or, you know, and you, you've set the bar and you go, you know what? I have Netflix and a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be single than deal with some bullshit. Yes. Th- thank you, Joyelle, for translating that and putting it very simply. <laughs> I could do bad all by myself. I could, I could do, yes. To quote the poet, Tyler of the Perrys. Tyler Perry. That's hilarious. <laughs> I could do bad all by myself, girl. But it is it is funny. The more I've started to look for things for myself, I find the people around me keep going everywhere I've been. They go, no guy. Mm. I'm not kidding. It's been so bizarre. Like people who never ask, like, we're okay. we're going to do the age thing again. When I was in my 20s, no one cared. No one wanted. They were like, focus on your school, focus on your books. In my 30s, they're like, oh, that's cute. In my 40s, they're like, mm, this one? You're focused? You like this guy? Now, it's like, is there, who are you dating? And it's a different way they're asking. It's almost as if they're worried about my, my senior lifestyle. Like, who's going to take care of you? We're not doing it. You better get someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. Now back, I know I'm jumping all over the place with these articles because you guys have been so good at bringing them in. I'm like, I don't want to interrupt you from talking. Um, But Newsom, speaking of Texas and the abortion laws, Governor Gavin Newsom of California accused Texas of insulating its abortion law from the courts and then called on lawmakers to use a similar strategy to go after the gun industry. Newsom tweeted, SCOTUS is letting private citizens in Texas sue to stop abortion? If that's the precedent, then we'll let Californians sue those who put ghost guns and assault weapons on our streets. If Texas can ban abortion and endanger lives, California can ban deadly weapons of war and save lives. I'm here for it. I like that. I like yeah. that Gavin Newsom overcame that little recall they was trying, that cute little mm-hmm. waste of money that they <laughs> that they did out there. He came out and said, okay. I like any man that is vocal about abortion because it's not just a woman's issue. No, it isn't. All, you know, you know I, I wonder if Texas, and, and again, this is a done deal, but if Texas is so focused on this, why have I heard nothing about vasectomies? If you really concerned Nothing. about pregnancies, snip, snip, fellas, snip, snip. 
Not that hard. <laughs> it was, and they're reversible. They're reversible. So let's give them vasectomies. <laughs> I'm talking teenage. What well, we cutting off? We cutting off foreskin vasectomy. They ass till they're ready to have a baby. You're right. The snip step. You know, if that's where the real concern is. I've heard nothing also about um, free daycare. I've heard nothing about, you know, nannies showing up like it's France to help women. Like, okay, y'all want these children. What kind of resources are you really providing? Yeah. You know, and, and, to, and then to be cavalier, well, you can just give the baby away, have it and give it away. Really? When we, what is our mortality rate for pregnant women, for women who are having babies in this country? Like we're some kind of third world nation? Yeah. You know, I just... And the pill, I don't think, is a solution. No. That that pill is not, because they were, weren't they putting out women take this pill, you have an abortion pill? That the pill needs to be researched because that can cause breast cancer, I believe. It changes your hormone levels. All of those pills are changing hormone levels. Birth control pills are changing hormone levels. Um, I've never even been able to be on uh, birth control pills because. It messes with, you know, the flora, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. for me. Um, but the audacity of Amy Coney Barrett to say, why can't a woman just have the baby? Somebody tweeted, is that going to be free? Am I having, is it going to be free? Because I got, I got on Georgia's medical insurance when I got down here. I got on their, you know, plan for everybody. And the guy told me that if I was going to have a baby, there would be a $7,000 deductible. What? Yes, he told me that. And he was like, oh, so you're good. You know, your plan doesn't include pregnancy or substance abuse. And I was like, pregnancy or substance abuse? Why are those things together? And who decided that? A man. A man for sure decided that. And so he was like, but I can put you on this other plan, but it'll have a $7,000 deductible. So yeah, why can't a woman just have the baby? For that reason alone, Amy Coney Barrett, an abortion costs way less than having a baby in America. It, feel, it, 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 it feels so helpless, though, when you feel like that Trump put all these people, you know, in office to make these decisions that are actually political. They are political yeah. decisions. So yeah. I don't well. know. You're right about leaving this uh, <laughs> this country. But then I don't know. Like. I think Vermont's pretty cool. I've I've told you that, Joelle. I love Vermont. I went to Ver- Vermont was one of my trips, by the way. If I move to Vermont, I might as well move to Canada. There's no point. right. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't like the I don't like the cold. I just it is cold. I will say I that cold. it took a while for that water to get warm. Like you you know that's like going to be a daily thing where you got to wait for the shower to get. Mm. It is cold, and then and then it's going to feel really awkward, you know. It's going to feel awkward hoping for global warming if I move to Vermont. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. Well, Vermont is going to be like a warm place pretty soon. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't put that article in here, by the way, about what just happened in Kentucky with the um, tornadoes. Do you guys know about that? I didn't yeah. see that. I didn't see the article, hon. But I know. What, I didn't. I, know pu- I didn't put it in. I didn't put it in because. Uh, when this goes out, it'll be, I mean, it'll still be sad, but it'll be long. But, you know, in in a global warming aspect, it's just, I have said to myself, there are certain places that I'm looking forward to own property. Like we're talking about long-term equity and all this, right? Um, 
Vermont seems to be the only place that I can kind of see where it'll be okay in 10 years. When global warming. Unless you're in a <laughs> unless you're in a flood zone. Look at look at Leanne's eyebrows. She's like, no. Can't can't wait for it. Can't wait. North Carolina, I don't think I think the hurricanes I think even inland, inland, I think it could still have its effect. Yeah. yeah. Down because down here in Georgia we have the tornadoes, but my parents live in Stone Mountain and the tornadoes will not get there because of the mountain. So that's See? cool, I guess. See, that's how you look for property. Are there mm-hmm. mountains? Is there something to break up the wind? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Break the wind. <laughs> <laughs> my my criteria is I don't I want to go somewhere where there's no extreme weather. No natural disasters. I don't know where that no racism. I don't Ma'am. know where does right. that exist. So then I end up living in my head. You see how that doesn't really work out for me? Absolutely. <laughs> I do want they that's why they keep listing places, but like I don't know where that exists, Leanne. I, I pretty much And and I, I I'm wary of those lists, you know, oh places to move, places to go, because who's making the lists? Are they taking into account culture? Are they taking into account gender? Well, there you ain't know, no black folks in Vermont, but they're good white folks. As far as white folks go, they're pretty like we had this experience. I've had I've had some they're progressive. They're pretty liberal. I feel like people are progressive until they're actually challenged. Like, are that they good part. white people? Because there are no black people there. Well, no, right. that's that's right. I'm like saying I'm like, you guys are good, but you haven't opened up your door. And. A lot of times when I would say to them, think about owning property here. I want to see their reaction because it's a, it's a similar to being like in like Australia or Paris. Like until you live there, you're not really their problem. Right. Right. You become their problem when you start living there. Yeah. But that but that's the whole thing with all these Karens. Amy Cooper was a liberal. You know, I'm sure she voted for Obama both times and would have for a third time. But you're a liberal until you get challenged by a black man in the park who wants you to put your dog on a leash that's supposed to be on a damn leash. So it's like, yeah, they're all liberal until they're challenged. We had this moment where we were uh, Lois, my Irish friend Lois, was staying with me at this uh, inn. And everyone, it's so funny. Everyone's like, are you guys dating? What do you, you take a trip like that? I go, we're friends. I don't understand what friends take trips. Um, but we went to this restaurant, this small area. This couple was staring at us, white couple. And it was very, you know, when you can hear everyone talk and it's so small that it's awkward. You're in their space while you're eating. So Lois like holds her head like she's embarrassed. She's like, oh my God, they're staring at us. She's like, I was like, what do you think? It's because I'm black and you're white. We're in Vermont. And I go, I don't think it's that. But we start laughing because they're staring. And the woman's husband kept looking over. And he had one of those like stroke shoulders where he can't really move. So the way he looked over, you could kind of tell he had to really look to see us. Turns out another couple sits down. The woman goes over to this table that's been staring at us. And she says to them, she goes, I want to thank you for... um, so much. I want to thank you for for the anti-hate bill you passed. I want to thank you for turning uh, Vermont uh, from a red state to a blue state. You've done so much. So we were completely wrong. 
<laughs> we are completely wrong. I mean, this woman was looking at us because she was probably more like, oh, yes, look at the little interracial uh, lesbian couple. I'm so <laughs> proud. You know, um, we I looked her up. She's an incredible woman. She's done so Who doesn't so know not to stare at people well, while they're yeah. eating. <laughs> well, you know how people stare sometimes. You do. You, they were staring, but it was for a different reason. It was more like, you know, that liberal like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, like you're a pet. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That. <laughs> that story wasn't as heartwarming as you think. <laughs> no, no, I got that, that sort of Stepford wife get out feel. Right. It I would, was, like, to, it I would was. like you to come to my house and then maybe keep you. Can I touch your hair? Can I touch your hair? Yes. No, no, no that's not what it was. She was older. So it was like also. <laughs> You're not. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. It's not getting better, story. Marina. We'll I will <laughs> tell you, for me, it was a heartwarming story. I really, I really, when I found out who she was. When I found out who she was, I felt good about the fact that I was in this area. When you see people working towards change or trying to find, you know, which I at least see them doing in Vermont. I don't see them doing that anywhere else, you know, Mm. you know, so you got Bernie, you know, well, you know, here's the thing. You're right. Because Bernie, the reason he didn't become our president is because he couldn't deal with race. Not really. Homie had many issues with black people and, and I had but a firsthand experience. Formerly, my uncle, who is Bernie's age, told me a lot of good things that Bernie did when he was young with black people in Chicago. But yeah, for his campaign, he didn't have it. He didn't ha- he didn't know how to talk about race. So, I mean, I would say that is probably the challenge that's going to happen with a lot of white liberals today is we're holding them accountable when you say i'm i don't know <laughs> you don't think we're holding them accountable i don't I, we row is about to get reversed so we're clearly not i don't understand how we have the presidency we have all the branches except for judicial and nothing's happening like nothing seems to be getting done so i don't know that we are holding them accountable. i mean for example like this story not in our backyard. Now, this is what I mean by accountable is like not like letting it happen, but like actually speaking up when it does seem wrong. I, I feel like that is definitely something that's happening. Advocates in Harlem residents Saturday protested against what they call an oversaturation of drug treatment centers in the area. But others showed up to push back. The sites don't sell drugs. Users bring their own but have monitors who watch for signs of overdose and can administer an antidote if needed. Sterile syringes and other accoutrements, ooh, what a word, huh? Accoutrement. Accoutrement are usually on hand. (laughs) City Health Commissioner Dr. Davis Chosky, which every time I say that man speak, I'm like, dude, said the facilities would also offer referrals to drug treatments and other services. Proponents of the facilities, including the mayor, says they're pragmatic, life-saving tools for stopping overdosing, reducing HIV infections, and helping curb drug use in public places. One person who described Harlem as a dumping ground, though, and said they wanted to see sites more spread out around the city. We just want an equitable placement of these facilities 
They are disproportionately in this neighborhood, East Harlem, West Harlem, Central Harlem, new ones every day. And I agree. It's like, you know, so that's what I mean by you got to hold these politicians. Like de Blasio is constantly talking about what he does for the black community. But this is not this right here. This is a problem. I just went up to 125th Street to go buy. uh, I know I sound like an entitled brat, but celery. I mean, if you see what's happened, like on drugs, that corner, 125th and Lenox, oh, it's really sad. You won't see that if you go to the village, Soho, uh, the Upper East Side, Upper West Side. You won't see any of that. Which part of Harlem is gentrified? Oh, well, uh, which part is gentrified? It's all yeah. pretty much gentr. I keep saying gentrified. Gentrified. Uh, <laughs> that's why I pause. Gent- gent- gentrification in Harlem pretty much really starts at 110th Street, and it kind of goes up to 120th. It's going a little farther past now. Okay. So yeah, so y- you can argue that the people who are living in Harlem that are arguing this are some of the ones that are gentrif- gentrifiers. Not all of it, because, you know, that thing is equitable placement means, you know, there was a conversation of where this is easier to do versus where there is. You can't get away with this. You can't get away Uh with this on 96th Street. You can't get away with this in Times Square. Soho. So, yeah, if you when did it when did the drug problem become a Harlem problem? Mm. Wow. That's hard, man, because I'm I'm looking into buying a house, and one of the houses that we were looking at in Brooklyn was by the Armory, which is, mm. yeah. So it was so interesting to be like, do you want to live across the street from the Armory? I, I From a safety perspective, I, I'm a female coming home late at night. I, I can't, that's, that's hard. That's real tough of where to put something like that. Cause I would love, I love a homeless shelter. I want people to be able to have this option, but you don't want that across the street from your million dollar freaking apartment. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. It's like, you also want to sell that at some point. Can you sell that in that location? Your property values going down. The people who live in Harlem, their property, these are black homeowners too. Their yeah. property value is going to go down with all of these. Dr- you- if you're talking about equity, you got to talk about all of it. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's not just about like these people really do do need help. Mm-hmm. But you got to, like this person said, evenly distribute it then. Yeah. The overdosing that was happening in the United States, it's not just Harlem. No. Right. I, I mean, this it. Reverend Al Sharpton's National Action Network and other organizations were said to be behind the protest. And the group and others argue that East Harlem Overdose Prevention Center cultivates the city's decades-long issue with systemic racism. So, anyway. I, I feel like by the time folk protest, the decisions have been already done. They had that pl- city planning meeting, those behind the closed doors. I was door there. I was meetings. there. I was at the and meetings. The, yeah, but the <laughs> but it's like by the time they ask for your comment, that's just for you to get up and shout for that New York one clip. Right. And they, <laughs> and they done. But the they're, thing is, is where they're open to us. Here's the, th- the thing is you just have 
we as a community really have to get involved because those meetings and I was there and this is because I'm Marina and I have nothing else to do and I've been complaining about that restaurant but I accidentally went to that meeting where they talked about these um, facilities they opened it up to conversations but no one was there very far mm-hmm. I, I feel like they also go hey we having a meeting <laughs> they do right. that too oh they do we announced it they definitely right. They kind of whispered it among them in the office behind a closed door. So, but we yeah, got to be proactive. That's that's on us too, because someone like me, I'm there. I found it, and I have no interest. Yeah, I have <laughs> every. I have a lot of. In- I want to. I want to live my life. Why does it have to be this hard? You know, how about we put these services down by city hall? It's supposed to be. We elect these people to be in our best interest. So why not have these services at the seat of government? I'm, so right next to Gracie Mansion, boom, here's your drug rehab. Here's where the homeless people amen. live. Is all the rooms in Macy, Gracie Mansion took? Can somebody move up in there? <laughs> Say that. Say that. Say less. <laughs> Need all that space? That's so yeah. funny. Are they all took? <laughs> yeah, all these single mothers with babies, can they have room? But here's another here's another one. Today on New York One, because I watch it all the time. I shouldn't, yeah, so but do I, I do. I'm addicted. Um, Love me some Pat Kiernan in the papers. I, you know what? what? Pat Kiernan, he, does, is it me or does he always sound sarcastic? Yeah, I love it. That's what I tune in for. <laughs> I don't he's know gotten he, grumpier as he's gotten older. I, I'm here for it. And it's so subtle and it doesn't seem like it he, is. He doesn't intentionally, but it comes off like, you know. So today they were actually talking about um, the testing sites of, you know, when you get tested instead of for, vaccines for the oh, COVID. Okay. Gotcha. And in Harlem, and I saw this coming, it's very difficult to get tested. Mm. So, like, if you want to get like a 36 hour, 24 hour turnaround, this guy called in and was like, I had to go 20 blocks. Mind, mind you, he just didn't know. Maybe he didn't want to go to Harlem Hospital because it's right there. I, I could have told him, I said, were you afraid of Harlem, Harlem? Because it's right. It's at Harlem Hospital. It's really easy. You just go in. But you do have to travel. And if you're older, maybe going from 117th Street to 125th Street is not that easy for you. So you do have to make it accessible. Whereas he said, you go 20 blocks, you could get tested everywhere. From south, 20 blocks south. Yeah, you could get easily tested. So that should not be. And that's when we're talking about why is Harlem? People always say, Marina, just move. I go, it's not as easy as just moving because there's also some investment I'm making in Harlem, which is I've lived here for so many years. I love Harlem. I don't like what I see happening. I don't like it. You know, um. And I think that this was their sort of like, like you were saying, uh, Leanne, like a sort of way of going, well, maybe if we don't put all the testing sites here, they'll get vaccinated. Because you have to, if you're an employee, you would, if you don't want to get vaccinated, which they were finding, these were the communities oh. that were disproportionately not getting vaccinated. If you want to work, right? What kind of jobs are we talking about in Harlem? People work in Rite Aid. Walgreens, servicing jobs, you know, yeah. all those jobs that were 
heavily affected by the virus, things that, you know, they get tested instead of getting vaccinated. So they wiped out all the testing. Wow. That's Ooh, that's amazing. To that's me. nefarious. That is amazing. Oh, I like wow. that word. Is that what that that's the word? Nefarious. Yes. Oh, look, she's mm. frozen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Insidious is another one. <laughs> that oh, is. Yeah. Nefarious. Yes. Beautiful word, Leanne. Your your internet went out on nefarious and you were frozen with a beautiful smile saying nefarious. Yeah, it was very good. Look, look, I could go on and on, but I will say this, like this, um, we're all vaccinated, right? Girl, yes. I'm boosted. I'm boosted. Are you vaccinated and boosted? I'm vaccinated because I wanted to live. I get, I'm getting boosted in January because I'm trying to go to Paris. I'm dead serious. Like that part. That part. <laughs> that part. Traveling. Got plane I, tickets traveling ready to and go. Work. Traveling, and, traveling work. and work. That's it. That's it. That's what I don't understand about the people who are boycotting this because there is literally no integrity. If you get a certain job, your ass go and get vaccinated. Like quit playing. Mm-hmm. All these people talking about Letitia Wright is so brave because she's given up her role in Black Panther because she don't want to get vaccinated. I'm like, if y'all had that option for those millions, your ass would get vaccinated. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, she was really, it, it was, it's shocking. Some of the, like, look, I have friends who don't want to get vaccinated and I've had mm-hmm. to like open up my mind and listen. Mm-hmm. Not me. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's, it's me patronizing them but it, I, I can't do it it's really irresponsible isn't it i can't do it because i because i know i've heard from some people who have religious reasons for not getting vaccinated whatever that means but one of the people that um, my friend was telling me about is that she stays home she homeschools her children she doesn't you know travel or go anywhere and she's not getting vaccinated and i'm like okay i guess that makes sense but for me the people that are like I'm not getting vaccinated, but I'm also going to perform at comedy shows that that for me. So that means you don't believe in a global pandemic. And I don't understand that level of cognitive dissonance. So I can't respect it. And I also know that when it comes down to it, you're going to get vaccinated for something. You know, I heard somebody was making a fake vax card till they wanted to go out the country and then they got vaccinated. Yeah, that's self. It's just very selfish. Yeah, and stupid. Speaking of being on 125th Street and going, you know, to Whole Foods to get my celery, a fight started because a woman was not allowed. This is new in New York. You now have to, if there's no vaccination being asked at the door, you are required to wear a mask inside. It's mandated. Now, for New York, it's not really that new, but most of New York State, it's going to be the rest of it, like Albany and all that, Syracuse and all that, They're going to be shocked. The red areas. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. yes, the red areas now. But this woman went off. I was like, what is the screaming about? She's like, I got to get my food. What you tell me? I can't eat. I'm like, I mean, it, it's going to be very difficult in grocery stores. Ugh. That mandate. I don't know why it's that difficult. Why? The cash register. She was like saying to me, she goes, how long have we been doing this, though? Yep. Ma'am. Okay, and if Instacart is a thing, Uber Eats is a thing. You know, I would again, like y'all, just I would respect your point of view if you want. You know what? I'm not doing this vaccine. I'm gonna stay home in my bubble. Right. Do that. 
I would, because there's so many things you could do. There are so many delivery services. You literally really do not have to leave your house if you don't want to. Guess yeah. what? I stayed home way too much last year. I want to go out. I didn't know yeah. I liked people. To the pandemic I still don't, and I want to go out. <laughs> and I want to go. I want to. I want to be at a distance. Like, hey, I see y'all. <laughs> yeah. <over> there. <laughs> Jordan Klepper was interviewing some of those anti-vax people at a protest, and one of the women was like, "Yeah, it's like they don't want us to eat. They don't want us to go out to restaurants." And he was like, "If only there was a seamless way for you to get some food." to your house or a fresh and direct way for you to get some food to your house. Like, what are you talking about? There's ways for you to get food. Shut the fuck up. It, this willful ignorance, this, the level of selfishness. It's a different mindset though. Like you said, like Joyelle, you're in Georgia. You see it. When I was in North Carolina, I was in the airport and you just see those random people without a mask, like boldly walking through the airport. Like, say something to me. I got off a flight and this little white boy, he, he was with his family. And he took his mask off and he was like, and I'm not wearing it in the airport. And I wish someone would say something to me. And I'm laughing because I'm like, bitch, you just had it on on the plane. <laughs> so so his little like toughness, it was really just he was like 19. So you're tough because you can walk through the airport. But you definitely had it on on the plane because they would have dragged your ass off the plane because Delta's not playing with these people. Amer- uh, well, United not. United is not either. This yeah. woman said None on my flight, are. she said American is lenient. <laughs> oh, are they? I'm sure Spirit is. Uh... <laughs> American Airlines is, they'll tell you to wear your mask, but I saw a guy like, like eating and then kind of left it off for like the next 30 minutes. And, mm. uh, but on United, a woman, the, the uh, flight attendant said, this is a no drama policy on this flight you know what that means that means one time i tell you to wear your mask the second time is a warning the third time i just give you a piece of paper that says how much you owe yeah and what delta's doing is so funny because you know atlanta's the hub and it's black as hell so i had a, a pilot who was like i will not pull out from this gate if the person, he was about to say their seat number. He's like, if you do not put your mask on, I will not pull off out of this gate and you will hold up this flight and we will get you off of this airplane. And he was white. <laughs> that, that pilot, I was like, I need to shake your hand, man. Cause he was like, I'm not playing with you. Like put your mask on. Stop acting like a kid. Why you want to be on an airplane without a mask anyway? I don't understand that. I don't understand why people want to be on the subway without. Thank you. There's people who are on the subway car without a mask with the homeless person. No, you know, no, this to the homeless person. They got somewhere to be. They got to be in there, too. But you want to smell that? This is a good thing. A mask in the subway is an amazing option you have now. Yeah. It's like it's just Mm -hmm. people are nuts. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to Georgia. My husband, my mom's husband. That was a weird slip. My mom's husband. I told him I when we to say, were Marina, in. Would you like to share something with the class? <laughs> Holding <laughs> out on us. <laughs> but you, you buried know, the lead, mom. girl. <laughs> but we're sitting in the restaurant and he goes, you could take your mask off now. You know, we're sitting or no. He goes, you don't even need that thing in here. I go, well, we just walked to the. I go and I don't, and I told him, I said, I don't really feel comfortable sitting in here, but you know, he goes, so you don't need that thing. 
And I was about to get up to leave. He goes, you don't need that. I go, no, no, I need it. He goes, well, we're vaccinated. I go, no, I do it for other people. And he goes, oh, I go, yes, it's not. He goes, I, he goes, I just don't like that mask. That mask just bothers. It's like, it's not about. I love it. You not. And then I saw the conversation of the women at my mom's house completely about how the mask, they hate the mask, wearing the mask. Um, how difficult it is for people on mothers with their children, how they force them to wear the mask on the plane and they're just not patient with the children. And I'm like, this is a whole different conversation yes. going on here. It's very different. It's almost like the pandemic only happened in New York and LA <laughs> and in the rest of the world. But it I did walk happen. In, I walk in showing my vax card on my phone, like, oh, here, here's, here's this, here's my ID. I'll be at the bar. Like, what are we doing? Staten Island's different. I don't, mm, and I, yeah, I know. I won't, go, I won't, I won't go through. I did a show there once, and I actually opened the show with, "I'm doing this show, and then I'm getting the fuck out of here because I mm -hmm. hate Staten Island." <laughs> Staten Island's technically a sundown town. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oof. Uh, okay, so then let's see. I'm gonna keep you guys too long. Sorry. Uh, da, 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 da. Capital rioters are being pumped full of critical race theory in jail. So, Representative Marjorie Taylor Douchebag Green has <sighs> recently stirred up controversy by claiming that the Capitol riot participants who are majority white are being discriminated against because of their race. They were isolated in separate wing of the wings of the jail where they are abused, where they are ridiculed, where they are mocked because of their political beliefs and because of January 6th and because of the color of their skin. She stated at a news conference this week, so there is a two-tier justice system and these are things that need to end. She claims that the inmates are being told to denounce Trump and are being taught critical race theory against their will. I love it. I, I, that doesn't seem true. I, I, don't, I don't think any of that's true. I can't muster up no tears for this. No. I know. No, you're being discriminated against in prison. <laughs> like, isn't that the point of prison? <laughs> Don't they get themselves into their little sex and go off? But the bigger picture of this is what's happening with the Republican Party and like this, um, you know, what they have become, this regime that's taking over the Republican party, you know, like last week, I think they did something where they were like, this is going to be a different party. Now we're going to be the ones taking over. And so they have a real like civil war within their own party. And what it appears to be is that in this, I like this quote, it says, while these texts and others have popped up on the reading list from inclusivity and diversity trainings, because it's really just, trying to retrain these people into thinking like, you know, normal human beings while they're in there. Uh, most conservatives continue to fight the bad fight against critical race theory te teachings. And it would appear that the war on truth rages on in this country and beyond, which is, that's what the Republican Party has become. Yeah. Ain't nobody teaching critical race theory in jail. They're not doing law courses, which I'll talk about. Somebody's, Learning you about slavery, that's not critical race theory. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what critical race theory is. No. 
It's way too, it's way more in depth than that. And it's, you know, it's on a graduate and, you know, post-grad level. It's not learning that, you know, Martin Luther King exists is <laughs> not critical race theory. Pump them full. They'd rather be pumped full of critical race theory than something else. Hello. Hello. They should just start calling themselves what they are on the right with the Republican Party. They should just start naming themselves white supremacists. They don't like those words, Marina. Well, they're pretty close to it. They're, close? they're pretty close. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. They. It, it's what you, you. The article is stating what the Republican Party is turning into. Right. Um, I would beg to differ. It's what they are allowing themselves to be shown publicly now as. Yes. Openly as. Mm-hmm. You know, well, not all Republicans are. Like no, that. no, they're not. No, they're yeah. not. But you know, the same way when a crime happens, or and we worry and go, "Oh, what were they black?" and we pray that they're not. They should be as concerned with their image and what they're allowing to happen under the brand of their party. Birds of a feather flock together for them as well. Okay, and this revolution, this problem in the party, has been happening since the Tea Party, maybe mm. even before. You know, so y- y'all had a little brush fire in the garage of your party and didn't put that out. Now you're, now you're worried that your whole house is engulfed. Now you're worried. Right. And now you want to say this is not America. This is not the country you love. This is not what your country is about. You ain't read a history book, sir. How you not right. know? Right. <laughs> we knew. Welcome. <laughs> We've been trying to tell y'all. Mm, see. Don't get, please don't get me started. <laughs> no, get started. Get started. That's what this is for. Oh. Folk want to act like this is new. Okay, listen, we have been giving this country our best and brightest for mm. generations. Okay, y'all ain't heard Frederick Douglass. They ain't heard him. Okay, they, they haven't heard W.E.B. Du Bois. They ain't heard him. Ida B. Wells. Richard Wright. I mean, how, how every generation, we got to tell y'all. Every generation. And now, now they mad. Bethune. Thank you. Did I say it right? Bethune. Mary, Mary McLeod. Mary, Mary McLeod. Thank you. <laughs> I'm ruining your, your rants. No, but I mean, it's just, I'm, that's why I'm tired of talking. I'm like, we mm-hmm. don't gave y'all scholars. Yeah. Scholars. But y'all going to listen to somebody have a little march last year outside of city hall somewhere. That then that's that's gonna change it. Okay. Hmm. Yes. But they are we also have Jesse Smollett. <sighs> Girl, okay, there's water in this water bottle, not vodka. So <laughs> <laughs> So a jury in Chicago found the actor Jesse Spinlett guilty on Thursday of falsely reporting to the police that he had been the victim of racist and homophobic assault in 2019, an attack that investigators concluded concluded was a hoax directed by the actor himself. With its findings, after more than nine hours of deliberation, the 12-person jury indicated it had chosen to believe the accounts of two brothers who testified that Mr. Smollett had asked them to mildly injure him as part of a public of a publicity stunt. The actor faces up to three years in prison. (sighs) The judge did not set a sentencing date and released him on bond. 
so he can have as many Subway sandwiches as he wants. His defense team said Mr. Spillett would appeal. We remain confident that we're going to come back and he's going to be vindicated. Um, one of the actor's lawyers said Mr. Webb told the jury that Mr. Smollett staged the attack because he had received a death threat in the mail and was upset by the muted response of the producers behind Empire. So that's why he's saying he did all of this. That shit is so embarrassing. It is embarrassing. I feel I just feel really bad for Journey because she's she's just amazing. She's been one of my favorites since Eve's Bayou. And it's just like that's your brother. <laughs> Damn, Gina. <laughs> I hear the whole family is pretty uh, nice, so it's a... Uh... Yeah. I, I mean, it's like... The, and they said there was a video of them practicing? No. Apparently, on, in the streets, there's a, a video. Run? They did a dry run. I haven't How seen professional. it. Yeah. Um, so he he's just um, not smart. It's part of this entertainment, though, when we're talking about sociopaths early. You know? Hell yeah. This is yeah. part of it. It's like you can see that he obviously was not happy about something with his career. For sure. Yeah. But but you also might not even get sociopaths because at least sociopaths are smart. This wasn't smart. <laughs> yeah, this was pretty dumb. Yeah. Because there's no cross-section of people who are into Trump and also Empire. So that doesn't make any sense. And Chicago, <laughs> I was doing it on stage. I had a great joke that I can't even remember. And I don't have the energy to look it up about this. You you have those like I have a joke that was so good. And I was like, eh, I'll let it go. But I do remember like. When this happened, it was just way too cold. Chicago cold because I'm from Chicago and I know they're cold. It's the type of cold that even racist people would be like, not today. You know, it's just <laughs> too cold. The crown was breaking on that day. Like, that's yeah. how cold it was. It was like yeah. a polar vortex yeah. that he said he was out. And no one likes Subway sandwiches. That was the other part of the story that just kind of like Subway sandwiches are for. I mean, I saw a woman once walking by Subway and going, oh, look at how they I mean. The last time I had a Subway sandwich, I got so sick. Sorry to you who are out there and love Subway. But, you know, come on. Sorry deli meat. man. Selling meat, not good for you. Uh, cancerous. Well. But at the cops said that was the part that was suspicious, that the Subway sandwich was not, had not been eaten. <laughs> this is part of their investigation. Wow. <laughs> this is some real law and order stuff here. Right, right, right. Because somebody recognized you in Chicago freezing weather attire. Didn't you have a hood up and a scarf on and... Everything, sir. Somebody recognize you. This is a really, really hard way to learn that paying for public relations is a lot cheaper than paying attorneys' fees. Yes, you know, there's there's a way to lobby for you know yourself. I don't think that was it. Yes, my publicist was very expensive for the special, but I think a lawyer and uh, going to court would cost way more. Yeah, how about that? How about that? The memes yeah. are so funny. Oh, I bet. I bet. Uh, but I mean, the, on a on a real level, this, uh, oh, this hurts the ancestors. Can I say that? Like yes. what we've been through. I think that that's that's obvious. black and LGBTQ. Yes. 
And then yeah. on the, okay, I'm going to try to be compassionate because I'm always trying to be a better person with, with varying degrees of success. Where, where is the status of his mental health that he thought that this was a good idea? Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying the boy's crazy. That's not that's not a, the right term for it, but baby boy, what were you thinking? What's yeah. going on with you like for real? Like how has that been you know brought what I mean? in? Like we we need an auntie here. <laughs> Did they do an analysis of him? A psych psychological I don't know. I guess it's hard he when you got 30 one. brothers and sisters and he's like in the middle and you just feel like you you he don't need to be he's not being seen. I guess, but it's like... He on a TV show. He on a T... What? You broke out. You were like the second most famous Smollett. (laughs) There are 40 of them. (laughs) Is it? How many many of them are there? There's there's literally like 12. You don't remember they had that TV show? They had a TV show. I don't know these people. What? They, They had a TV show where all of the kids were on it and then their big brother was, um, I forget the name of that actor, but it was so funny because he don't look like none of them. So you could tell a white person cast it because it's like all these little light-skinned babies and then this super-duper black older brother. And he was the only one that wasn't their real family. And it was called like Just the 12 of Us or something like that. You don't remember that yeah, show? I kind of remember no. that, yeah. Yeah, and it was all of their siblings. So they're like a, you know, a, a performance art family but oh. Journey was the one who was able to like separate herself. She got Eve's Bayou and then had the career. And then here comes Jesse. You you getting work, and then you gonna go fuck it up like that? Okay, so he was not exactly the Randy Jackson of his family. He was okay. Yes, he was like a Janet to her Michael. I would go that far. Janet's Janet's all right. You know what? Let me go hire some folk to beat the crap out of me. See how it work out. <laughs> Not the face, y'all. Not the face. You can get that for free. Uh, so I want to thank you all for coming here today. You guys have been awesome. It's so funny because like podcasts have become, I hope you guys still enjoy doing Friends Like Us. I was sort of watching um, Sex and the City, the re- the new one, and I stopped because I know, I know. It's I couldn't so do bad. it. It is so, like, listen, they're tr- they're so on the nose with their diversity attempts. I'm like, you don't have to make it obvious that you didn't do what you were supposed right. to do in the past. In the, yes. The first moment of a black person walking over to their table at brunch is like that actress. She's beautiful, by the way. Nicole, yeah. Nicole Irene Parker. Oh my God, she's so gorgeous. That, she's so funny because you could see everyone's age when she sit down. You're like, oh. <laughs> she kicks their asses blowing them out the water with that high definition camera but they yes yes but they bring her in as if to say see we have a black friend now see we're doing the lgbtq thing now it's too we got a black professor we got black people extras and the thing and you're just like it's too much diversity come on y'all this is not realistic anymore i forgot the reason i brought it up why did i bring it up Cause we just mad. <laughs> well, you were watching it and didn't like it, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it the first time around. You're not gonna get me now. 
Star Trek is on. Why am I? Hilarious. I, got a black I love now. Sex and the City. I was a Sex and the City stan. And now I'm like, oh. or was I just oh, now in I college? I brought it up. There was a line in it where Sarah Jessica Parker says that doing podcasts is like jury duty. And it pissed me off because I thought to myself, the entitlement of someone to say that as a line I'm like, the reason that Mark Marin started podcast was because no one was looking for him. The reason I started this podcast is because no one was looking for us. So when she said that, and I know it's a joke, whatever, I get it. And I get people, you know, but this is why I'm saying this is I appreciate you guys coming today and I hope it doesn't feel like jury duty. Oh, we love you, Marina. Yeah, because it hurt my heart that she said that. And I was like, oh, my God, does it feel like that? Every time I do it, I feel so like completed when I get to see my girlfriends like every Monday and I have people on here who are like really like informed. And, you know, it's just such a good thing that when she said that, I was like, man, that's why your show sucks. That's why. <laughs> that's what that is. One person's up. opinion. She and your kin. Yeah. On a terrible right. show. There's yeah. No one cares about that. That's right. Thank you, Leah. She's like, she ain't your kid. <laughs> so I know what my with friends like us is going to be. Mm. Well, thank you, ladies. That's basically what I'm saying. And I hope you both have a wonderful holiday. Joyelle, tell our listeners where they can find you. And since you have your friends like us, go for it. You can find me on Peacock, baby. Lovejoy is on Peacock. And apparently you have to type Lovejoy. You can't type my name. I don't know what's going on with the Peacock algorithm, but the check cleared. So with friends like us, who needs Sex in the City reboots? Yes. We don't need it. We don't need it. We need no more reboots. Mm-mm. We done. Leanne? Uh, folks can find me. My website is veryfunnylady.com because um, you can't spell my name unless you love me already. Um, my dry bar special is still out. You can hear that. And now streaming on Showtime, even more funny women of a certain age. And uh, if you don't have Showtime, that's okay because neither did I. Uh, that's what that 30-day free trial is for. So you can uh, access the show that way. And you know what? With friends like us, it is always a happy holiday. <gasps> Thank you. Oh, that makes you're gonna make me cry again. <laughs> yeah, that's how I do it. I show up. I'm a comedian. Cry. Yes. Always go to friends like us. Marina Franklin here on my website, marinafranklin.com. There's still merch available. It'll always be available. The hoodies are so warm. It's hoodie season, folks. Come on. It's not global warming yet. So get your friends like us hoodie. And with friends like us, you can have two friends on the show to make it feel like home. Yeah, it's more intimate. So thank you. Check us out. It's so, so pure. It purifies my mind and lets my spirit soar.